Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Merry Christmas! Well, we try to make what we do here relevant and practical, so I am here to help you this morning. I read something yesterday that said 53% of people were not finished with their Christmas shopping. 53%. 5% won't be finished on Christmas Day. Okay? So that's not good at all if you're whack. So let's take a little survey. That's about half the people. How many people here are not yet finished with your Christmas shopping? Okay, that's maybe a little, that's probably... Probably a little less than half, but you're doing better than most, but still quite a few people that aren't finished. So I've got some quick gift ideas that are easy that you can do today, and you can get your shopping all done, okay? Things that other people won't get. First of all, how about a White Castle gift card? Yeah, yes, thank you. As soon as church is over, walk right across the street, have lunch, and then buy your White Castle gift card. Anybody would be happy with a White Castle gift card. If you want to get something even more unusual than that, how about some kind of exotic beef jerky? We've got beef jerky world just right around the corner here. You can go get something. You know, last year I got Andrew Peacock and Alligator beef jerky, you know. Uh, is that beef if it's still out? I don't know. Uh, some kind of jerky, alligator jerky or something like that. So run down there, get them some kind of exotic jerky. They'll be happy. If you want something even better than that, I've got a picture of this one. How about this? Your Kentucky Fried Chicken Fire Log. When you burn it, it smells like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, that's the one everybody needs if they have a fireplace right there. Who's already Googling it online to see where you get Yeah, yeah, get online right now, order that, expedite it, get it here. Everybody wants the KFC Fire Log. You know, that, that's what you need. So those are just some quick suggestions for you if you haven't quite finished your Christmas shopping. And by the way, that's true. You can, you can do that. So don't, don't think this is just silly. Get in there and order that stuff as soon as you can. But here's the problem. We've talked about this the whole month of December. It's not your birthday. You may be getting gifts for other people. They may be getting gifts for you. But it's not your birthday. The reason we celebrate Christmas is that it's the birthday of Jesus. And so we're going to talk briefly this morning from Luke chapter 2, that famous Christmas story, and we're going to talk about what would Jesus want for his birthday? What would Jesus want for his birthday? If it's not our birthday, it's his, what are some things we can give to him on his birthday? And there's three things I think stand out to me as I look at this scripture passage uh, in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus would want for his birthday. One is that Jesus would want us to look for God to be working all around us. He would want us to look for God to be working all around us. That, that as you go through all the craziness of this season, to realize that God is there, God is present, God's working everywhere. And we see that in our scripture passage. When Luke 
who wrote the Gospel of Luke, and that's needed, and, you know, uh, it worked out perfect for him, you know. Uh, when he wrote it, he saw all of these world events as being a part of God's plan. So look at chapter 2, verse 1. He's very specific in when these things happen. In those days when Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world... This was the first census that took place when Quinarius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So he sets the historical events. He says that Augustus was the Caesar at that time. He was the second emperor of Rome. He was the nephew of Julius Caesar. So Augustus has now become emperor. Quinarius is the governor of Syria. And Augustus does a census that's to be taken. Now, during the reign of Augustus, he took three different censuses of the world. And the idea behind it was who's out there, how many people are in the empire, how many people need to be taxed, that kind of thing. And so this census was being taken. Verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of line of David. He was there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, one thing we're told about this census is you had to enroll for the census in the town in which you were born. And so Joseph, who was living in uh, Nazareth at this time in Galilee, had to travel all the way to Bethlehem. That's a journey of about 70 miles. Pretty good trip today, but if you're going uh, on on a donkey, it's even a further trip uh, than you might think. So a 70-mile trip over the mountains, and we're told that Mary was pregnant at this particular time. Now, it's interesting, we're also told that Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So the, the dowry has been paid. We've talked about that before. So they're legally married, but the ceremony has never taken place. And most likely the ceremony never did take place because events spiral quickly uh, after this. So you see everything going on here and you see how easy it would have been to have been distracted. For Joseph, you've got this census, you've got to leave your town, travel 70 miles, uh, your, your wife is pregnant, you're trying to ca- go over steep mountains and down into valleys, uh, there, there's, there's dangerous roads along the way, uh, there's so much to distract you as you're going on. So look for God to work all around you. First of all, look for God to work in unusual places. Look for God to work in unusual places. Now, we expect God to work in certain places. And where are those places? We expect God to work at church, okay, because this is the godly place, you know. So this is where we expect God to work. So you come in here, and you're seeking a word from the Lord. You're trying to, to, to take a problem you have to God. You're trying to get built up. You look for God to work when you're here. But God works in probably the most unusual places. When you look through the Bible, very seldom do you see, okay, they were worshiping when God showed up and did something. No, God worked in everyday events and everyday lives all the time. And God worked in unusual places in our scripture passage. Let's see the unusual place that he worked down in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to a firstborn, a son... She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So they've arrived in Bethlehem. And when they get there, there's no place to stay. 
Why is everything crowded? Well, everybody's there for the census. They're trying to get enrolled, get back to back home, and so there's no place to stay. Now, it says there's no room for them in the inn, and we think of like a holiday inn or something like that, and that wouldn't have been the case at all. You know, there wouldn't have been some motel sitting there in this little village, but most likely you would have some kind of a way stop or something, and probably most of the people were outside, and you had some conveniences of food that they could have bought and things like that that were there, but you're not talking about like a hotel or something that was here. But when they showed up, they found no place to stay anywhere in Bethlehem, and so they were forced to go out into the field which probably for them was better because Mary had her child that night. And so it would have been a lot more private when they went out into the fields. And then we're told some things uh, about it. We're told that she took the baby and she wrapped him in strips of cloth. Uh, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't have huggies back then. They couldn't go to the store and, and get the huggies or something. Uh, I think I've told you this before. When Alyssa was born, we tried to be ecologically sound, and we used cloth diapers and everything because we didn't want to increase the landfill. When Andrew was born, we could have cared less about the environment any longer. You know, it was back to, it was back to the, the, the disposable diapers or something. But, but anyway, you know, that's just uh, a little side note for you right there. So she wrapped him in strips of cloth. It would look something like this. Uh, just strips of cloth wrapped around the baby. So, you know, not, not bad at all. We're told that she laid him in a manger. And we get all these, oh, she laid him in a manger. A manger is a sheep's feeding trough. Got a picture of what a manger is right here. So it's a sheep's feeding trough. It is something the sheep ate out of. And so she's out in the fields with the shepherds. She's placed her baby in a sheep's feeding trough. And most likely where they would have been is not a barn like you think of today, you know, uh, some big, impressive barn out, out in the country or something. Uh, you would have probably been a cave in the side of a hill. And again, got, got an example of what that would be here. You see the sheep right there. You'd have had a little cave uh, that would have had all the necessities for the shepherds in it. And that's most likely uh, the, the kind of place where Jesus would have been born and placed into a sheep's feeding trough. Not what you would expect. Expect God to work in unusual places. If you were going to have the Son of God born, where would it be? Uh, it probably wouldn't have been in a, in a sheep's feeding trough in a cave out in a, in a sheep field. It would probably have been in a palace, uh, in the best hospital in the world. Uh, you know, that's why our kids, when they were born, we had them at Stonewall Jackson Memorial Hospital in Lexington, Virginia, you know, because of the best hospital, you know, in the world or something like that. You know, and, and there was probably 50 people in the hospital when they were born. So, you know, and all that. but they did have a birthing room and we got the birthing room. They had two baby doctors in town. One of them was pregnant, had her baby the same night Dawn did, but I had taken the birthing class with Dawn, and they said, if you call ahead, the birthing room is reserved for you. So as soon as we got ready to go to the hospital, I called, reserved the birthing room, and the doctor had to go somewhere else. So yeah, you know, (laughs) that's what you do. You get the best. But that's not what we see with Jesus He was born and placed in a cave in a sheep's feeding trough. Look for God to work in unusual places. There's just a couple more days before we even get to Christmas. And you're going to have parties and family and all kinds of things going on. And you're not going to expect God to show up in all of the hecticness. You're you're doing last-minute shopping. It's 3 o'clock in the morning at Kohl's because, by the way, they're open 24 hours now until Christmas. You know, so that's another hint for you. You know, you're, you're doing all of that stuff. But look for God to show up and work in unusual places all around you because that's what God does. 
Tyler Perry, uh, most of y'all know Tyler Perry, a famous actor and director, writer. Uh, He's a very strong Christian. Uh, Few people would have expected Tyler Perry to show up at a Walmart in Atlanta, Georgia. Few others would have expected him to show up at two Walmarts in Atlanta, Georgia, and pay off every single layaway item that was at the two Walmarts. $435,000 he spent. He simply walked in without telling them, walked up to the counter and said, I need to know the price of every layaway you've got. And then he wrote a check for them, said they're all paid. So these people showed up and their items were paid for because Tyler Perry. And what did he say? Hey, it's Christmas. I believe Christmas is about Jesus and about us giving, not getting. And I wanted to do that. Who would have expected Jesus to show up at Walmart in the layaway line? And yet God works in unusual places. Not only does God work in unusual places, God works in unusual people. He works in unusual people. If you don't believe that, do me a favor and just glance at the person next to you. And you will see that God works in some unusual people. Okay, Uh, that's there right now. But look at our scripture passage uh, down in Luke chapter 2 again, down to verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And so you have shepherds. Now, why would that have been astounding to anybody? You've got the Son of God being born. Who are you going to announce the birth to? Well, are you going to announce it to kings and presidents and pastors and, and religious leaders and important people? That's, that's who you're going to announce the birth of the Son of God to. But in our scripture, the birth of Jesus was announced to shepherds. Shepherds who were working the midnight shift keeping watch over the flock in the middle of the night. And because of the kind of work they did and the things they did, they had to be ceremonially cleansed before they could even go into the temple to worship. Uh, They were ceremonially unclean. And so they couldn't just say, hey, let's go to church today. They had to wait a week and be ceremonially cleansed from what they were doing to even be allowed into the temple to worship. And it was to these people working the midnight shift that God appeared to and announced the birth of his son. God works in unusual people. And so in the next few days, look for God to work through people that you might not be expecting God to work through in unusual places. Maybe it'll be the clerk at at the department store when you're checking out. Maybe it'll be somebody in line or somebody in the mall. It might even be your great aunt Beth Beth or something like that, that he shows up and and does something uh, to work through. Somebody that you would least expect. You know, they're the hardest person to get along with in the world. And yet, you know, God will show you something through that person. So look for God not to just show up in a unusual places, but to show up in unusual people. We have this mistaken belief that the people in the Bible were all super religious or something. Most of them were just normal, everyday people that God showed up and did a mighty work through. And we need to be seeing that every person God can teach us something through, show us something that God can work through. God can even show up in unusual people in the mall. Jenna Wilson, uh, who lives in Wilmington, Delaware, had gone to the mall to Christmas shop this week, and they saw Santa making a beeline for the restroom. And her daughter said, Mom, Mom, it's Santa Claus, it's Santa. And Santa walked by and said hi to her, went to the restroom, came out of the restroom. The daughter said, Mom, it's Santa Claus. He's standing right before us in the mall. Santa walked past them and did this. He walked over, got down on a knee, and started talking to an elderly man who was wearing a cap that said WW2 veteran. 
And then she heard Santa get up, and Santa said to the man, Thank you so very much, and walked off. And the little girl said, Mom, who's Santa thanking? And she said, Honey, that man's a veteran. That man fought in World War II, and he fought so that you could be free today. And then her daughter said, That's really cool. And Santa wanted to thank him too. And she said, yes, and you know what, honey? Just as that man fought to set you free in your country, Jesus died so that you could be free in your life. And she said, at the mall with Santa Claus, she had a moment where she could teach her daughter something. You see, that's God working in an unusual place and in unusual people if we're just looking and if we're just aware. So expect God to work in unusual people and in unusual places. So that's the first thing uh, that we see. What would Jesus want for his birthday? Look for God to be working all around you. A second thing I think that Jesus would want for his birthday as we go into the next couple of days is that he would want us to celebrate it with both joy and meaning. To celebrate his birthday with both joy and meaning. And there's two different things. You can celebrate something with some joy and not really understand what you're doing in the first place. People do it with Christmas all the time. Uh, They spend enormous amounts of money, uh, decorate lavishly, go to great extremes, and have no idea what what the holiday is really about or why they're rejoicing in the first place. But to celebrate with joy and meaning. And we see that in our scripture passage. Look down to verse 10. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. Good news, great joy, all people. Every person on planet earth, this joy is for. It's good news, great joy, all people. Now, we're pretty good at the celebrating part. We're pretty good at the great joy. We can celebrate Christmas. We do things like this. We put up our Christmas lights, okay? (laughs) Whose house is that? I forgot whose picture we took that of. It's somebody. Who was that? I don't know, but you did a good job this year, Uh, you know. So we put up Christmas lights, great joy. Uh, This is a picture of the Christmas market in Cologne, Germany uh, that's there. You know, we're good at shopping and getting everything that we need at Christmas. Uh, We're even good at having big worship services at Christmas. This is Hillsong in Australia. They're going to have about 50,000 people this weekend for their Christmas Eve services. That's a few people, you know. Uh, This is the only town I've lived in that was bigger than 50,000. And uh, they're just going to have that for their Christmas Eve services. So we're good at the celebrating and the joy part. I'm wearing a Christmas tie. I've got on Christmas socks. You know, thank you. Thank you. Uh, You know, we're good at the celebrating part. We can do that. The part we're not very good at is understanding why we're celebrating in the first place. What's it all about? And yet our scripture passage clearly tells us, Look down uh, in our scripture passage, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. We're told so much that's there in that one simple sentence. For unto you is born this day in the town of David a Savior. The number one reason we celebrate at Christmas is that Jesus is our Savior. We don't celebrate a baby being born. 
Baby being born is great. It's exciting. You want people to know about it. I called everybody when Alyssa and Andrew were born and, and, and let them know about it. And if you feel like, well, you didn't call me. I didn't know you then, okay? Don't, don't get your feelings hurt. You know? But, you know, I called everybody I knew and let them know when our kids were born. It's great when a baby's born. That's not why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because of what that baby would do. He would grow up and take your sins onto the cross, dying in your place, taking your punishment and judgment so that you could be free and in relationship with God again. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. In a world of no hope, in a world with no peace, in a world of violence and hurt, he came to make the difference in that world. Christmas was not a nice, sweet little story. It was an invasion of God upon a world that had fallen apart to bring us back to him. He is the one that died for our sins. He is our Savior. We're also told that he's Christ. He's the Messiah. The Messiah was going to come and right all the wrongs of the world. And not only that, he's the Lord. He's God himself. So he is Savior, he is Messiah, and he is God. And so all of those were taking place as this baby was born. And so we gather together and we worship him with joy and with meaning. So this Christmas, as you go through the season, don't forget the meaning part. Don't forget why you're celebrating and what it's all about. So the first thing we've seen was that we need to celebrate Christmas by looking for God to work in the the Christmas season. That, that, That he's going to be working in unusual people and unusual places. Second, we talked about the fact that we need to celebrate with understanding of what the season is all about. And finally... We need to celebrate by intentionally seeking him, by intentionally seeking him. Now, I'm here to tell you, and this is 100% true, you will be distracted over the next couple of days from the true meaning of Christmas. There's going to be so much going on. I've got presents to wrap. I've got food to make. I've got a house to clean. I've got to put up with, with uh, my cousins, uh, you know, things like that. There's going to be a lot that's going to distract you over the next couple of days, and it will distract you. So you've got to intentionally say, this season I am going to seek Jesus and what this season is about. I'm going to intentionally put him first in everything that I'm doing over this Christmas season. Now, you can do that a lot of different ways. You've shown up here. That's pretty good. That's one way of trying to intentionally uh, put him into the season. Uh, One thing that we've done ever since Dawn and I have been married uh, and we had kids, we always read the Christmas story uh, before they can open presents. And uh, we have one of the kids read it. Now, when they were younger, they used to read really fast, you know, know, as as they were going through it. But, you know, we just try to put that in there. So a lot of different things that you can do uh, just to intentionally seek him. We see that happening in our scripture passage. Look down to verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on peace on, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So the angels show up. They say, hey, this baby's been born. He's your Savior. He's the Messiah. He's God himself. And when the angels went back into heaven, the shepherds looked at each other and said, let's go find this thing that's happened. And then we're told they hurried off. They didn't say, you know, well, let's, 
Let's stop by Starbucks and get my latte and then we'll go see what's talking around here. They hurried off. They couldn't wait to get there. They were seeking him with intention and they didn't know where he was. Uh, they, they had this star here. They knew it was in the field somewhere where they were, uh, but they, they hurried off to find the baby. And then look at verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They not only went and saw themselves, they told everybody else about what had happened to them and what they had seen that night. This Christmas, you need to intentionally make Jesus a part of your Christmas. Now, that sounds a little bit silly since it is his birthday, but you will be distracted. And so intentionally say, Lord, help me make time to remember what this season's all about, why we celebrate in the first place. And when you do that, it'll make a big difference in the joy you have and the reasons you celebrate in the first place. Interesting story happened uh, this week in Brazil. A homeless man walked into the most upscale restaurant in Rio de Janeiro. Got a, got a picture of it right here. The waiter is talking to him. He came in and he sat down and he was very excited when he sat down. And he said, I saw a picture out there uh, of this meal. And he said, that's the meal I want. And then he took out money and he said, I've just sold cans I've been collecting all month and they gave me $50. And he said, I want to buy that meal. I've got $50 and this is going to be my big Christmas meal. And the waiter didn't know what to do. He went back and talked to the owner because the meal he wanted cost $120 uh, that he's sitting there. And he was all excited. He had $50. And so the owner said, look, just go tell him that the meal's on us, that it's free, and we'll be glad to give it to him. So he goes back and he says, hey, the owner wants you to have your meal for free. And the guy says, I don't want my meal for free. I've made $50. I've got $50. I want to buy that meal with my $50. I've waited all month just to come in here. I want to pay for my meal. And so he goes back to the owner and says, I don't know what to do. And the owner says, well, that's all the money he's got. I don't want to take his $50. And the waiter says, well, let me go back and talk to him. So he goes back and sits down. Somebody at another table took this picture, and the guy said, You won't believe it, but today only we're having a Christmas special. And the Christmas special is the exact meal you've ordered, and it's only $10. And he said, well, that's unbelievable. And he goes, yeah, he said, that's great. And so the guy paid the $10. uh, uh, He brought him his change back. He brought him the meal, and when it was over, the guy got up, hugged the waiter, and said, best meal I've ever had. Merry Christmas. And then when he walked out, everybody in the restaurant, in this snooty, upscale restaurant in Rio, started waving at a homeless man and saying, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And then people started getting up and leaving themselves and looking at other tables and going, Hey, have a Merry Christmas. And the waiter, who was later interviewed on TV, said, I know it was a silly little thing, but I'm telling you, Jesus showed up in this restaurant, and he gave us all a Merry Christmas. Look for God to work in unusual places, in unusual people, and you will always be surprised at what God does. Let's have a prayer. 
Dear Lord, thank you so much for the gift of your son at Christmas. Help us to understand why we celebrate, why there's such joy and lights and happiness. And it doesn't come from Madison Avenue. It comes because we're celebrating the birth of your son, our Savior. So help us to celebrate with meaning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation, and the first thing I'd like for you to think about is to just to say, Lord, I know I'm going to be distracted over the next couple of days. Help me to intentionally seek you. And I hope that you make that a part of your invitation, that help me to intentionally seek you. During this time, you can come, you can pray at this altar. Uh, everybody in this room has got problems and troubles and things going on, and sometimes you just need to give them to God, have people pray with you. We'd love to have you do that. You can come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing. And the most important thing you could ever do is to say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to accept him as Lord and Savior. Follow him in baptism, just as you saw the three do earlier. You come down the aisle and say you want Jesus. But this is your time and your opportunity. Father, thank you so much for the gift of your son. As we go through this season, help us to celebrate it uh, with joy, but also with a meaning and understanding of why we're celebrating. Help us look for you to work uh, in the next couple of days in some unusual places and some unusual people. And when we do, I think we're going to see some amazing things. Thank you again for the birth of your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m., We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.